Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. I figured, you know, for the last show of the month, we would do a little bit of a hodgepodge. I told you last week my brain is just... Uh, not necessarily functioning right now. I'm sure you can all relate. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. Currently, I'm in a little bit of a cookie coma because David and I are recently obsessed with crumble cookies. So pray that I get my addiction in order. A horrible time for me to be addicted to sugar uh, around the holiday season because I, I feel like an Oompa Loompa swimming in the chocolate river 24 seven is what I feel like. But anyways, um, but some things have transpired in the past 24 hours. We're actually going to have Malia white from winter house on in a little bit. The reunion and the finale was this week and some things kind of popped off a little bit unexpectedly. So I'm super excited to hear from her. Um, but first, we're going to do, instead of a pop three, we're going to check in on the three biggest shows, in my opinion, right now on Bravo, that being The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and Southern Charm. Let me just say, pour one out for my girls in Potomac because it's just not hitting like it did. And I know every Housewife franchise goes through a bit of a slump season, but I'm feeling like I just, I'm not able to get into Potomac this year. And it's really sad because it's normally one of my favorites. However, I did see that it's on the up and up. But where I'm at right now, which makes it hard, is that I'm like a couple episodes behind. It's really a struggle to want to get, to want to catch back up when you have things like the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Can we talk about that last episode in the finale trailer, which the finale isn't going to come out until January 2nd, by the way. She's like, why would you do that to us? You, you're going to make us wait two weeks. But truly, I can't get enough. I might binge the entire season over again before January 2nd because that's how much I'm loving it. In this last episode, they're still in Bermuda. It feels like they have been in Bermuda for 10 years. It feels like this entire season has been in Bermuda, but this Greek mafia situation <laughs> rises up. If you're not watching the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and you listen to this recap, you're going to be like, what the heck are these people watching? So Meredith and Monica, Monica is a new housewife. They are on this thought train or whatever. They had a little gossip session about Angie K potentially being in the Greek mafia. Monica painted it out to kind of insinuate that maybe Meredith was sending 
Monica fake DMs from a Finsta to leak bad information about Angie to the rest of the cast. It's a sus situation. Nobody loves Finstas more than the women of Salt Lake City. Like we have been here. We have done that. How many times have we been talking about Finsta accounts when it comes to these women, whether it's shot exposed or now $170,000 in tax debt? I don't even know what it is, but everyone thinks it's Meredith. Lisa Barlow's going off on Meredith because similar things have happened in the past with other castmates. But now all signs are pointing to Monica actually being behind this fake Instagram account that is supposedly going to take Angie K down. She pretty much admitted it to Heather on the beach. So Monica and Heather, they're walking down the beaches of Bermuda and they're talking about this situation. And Monica's like, I just, I just didn't think that any of these women would do that. It's something I would do. And Heather is like, you know, reverse, rewind the tapes. What did you say? You would do it. And she's like, you would send yourself fake Instagrams. And she's like, no, I I want to send myself fake Instagrams. You guys, she did it. And this is exactly why none of the cast mess with her. And we know we saw the trailer for the finale. It's when Heather gets the dreaded phone call. I can't believe she would do this to us. You know, we were thinking who's us at first. We thought it was beauty lab because now we know about the lawsuit, but I think now us has to be the group of women, right? That Monica is trying to dig up some dirt on. So I don't, it's just so wild that she's a newbie. She's coming in hot, hot and heavy. The storyline with her mom, the storyline with her affair, the storyline with now this potential Finsta account that she runs. But here's my thing. I could be missing something here, but I think it would be pretty easy to find out if Monica was behind the Finsta sending the DMs. All you would have to do is go to that particular Instagram page and click block accounts And there's like a new little option on Instagram where you can block accounts that that account makes, right? Or like it's it's something like any other account associated with this particular phone or number or something like that. So it's like if you block this one and then check to see if Monica's Instagram is blocked. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? The only reason I know this is because I have a Finsta account, okay? Well, I used to. Should I explain my Finsta account? I still have it. I'm not going to lie to you. But my Finsta account is like when I used to be really into the grid aesthetic. I know. I barely even post on my regular Instagram anymore because I'm too busy gossiping with y'all on MPT. But I used to really care about the grid. It's embarrassing. I know. But I used to care about how things look next to each other, the color schemes, you know, all the things. So I would post it on the Finsta, make sure it looked okay. And then I would post it on the real one, which is why I still have a Finsta. And yes, I um, occasionally look at my husband's ex-girlfriends on there. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Okay. Anyway, so I think it's Monica behind it. I think we're going to find out in the finale, but TBD, I've seen them really hyping this episode up saying it's going to go down in the history books. Also, I just cannot take Whitney Rose seriously yelling about her being exploited and Heather's book with her nipples hanging out 24 <laughs> seven. Like, girl, <laughs> if anyone's doing 
the expose, it's you. You don't need any of Heather's help for that. Let's move on to Southern Charm. Now, this is actually a preview for this week's episode. So if you're listening on Thursday morning, this episode hasn't actually happened yet, but I did see the first six minutes of this episode of Southern Charm. Last week, we ended at the dinner table in Jamaica. And it's like, wow, these people cannot get through one dinner scene this year without everything just flying off the freaking handle. It's about to fly off the handle. But what you need to know if you're not a Southern Charm watcher, there's a love square, not a love triangle, a love square. It's Olivia, Austin, Taylor, Shep. Okay. Olivia and Austin, they never dated, but they, I guess, I guess they were in love with each other. That's that's like the way that they're painting the picture. Shep and Taylor were together for two years. Taylor and Olivia were best friends. Long story short, Taylor and Austin made out, kissed. Everybody thinks that they did more. And obviously it's caused a huge ripple effect in the friendship. So um, Taylor stands up in this moment. And she's going to address the group about the rumor that she and Austin kissed and or hooked up. And it just goes from from bad to worse. And I want to start with what Rod says at the end of the clip. He says, I think Taylor's intentions was to stand up and to nip it in the group. But it came across as her trying to justify herself to Olivia. So the message just totally did not land. Um, Taylor is maintaining the fact that they only kissed. And in the previous episode, they kind of, um, made it seem like Austin admitted to them doing more. In my opinion, that felt like a botched edit. Now I did only watch it one time, but it was like a weird cut, a weird stop. It sounded like muted audio to make it look like he was about to say that they, you know, went all the way and didn't just kiss. But that was just my interpretation of things. I definitely didn't hear a full on, you know, confession that they actually slept together. But anyways, Taylor's thing is that she wants everyone in the group to stop bringing it up, but she also wants Olivia to take it or leave it when it comes to Taylor apologizing because Taylor is spiraling. Everybody's talking about it 24 seven. Um, Olivia saying that she has the right to be mad and react, which is a hundred percent correct. Um, and I can't remember exactly what Taylor says, um, it's something along the lines of like, you have to take it or leave it. And Shep was like, you can't say that. And I'm like, why, why can't she say that? Is Taylor in the wrong when it comes to this situation? Yes, no question. But if Olivia hates her, which is what Olivia said multiple times, Taylor needs to move on from that friendship. There's no point in going around in this uh, what's the things, the scary things at the fair? It's like, nah, 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 you know, and you're thinking you're about to get stuck on the horse that's going up and down. Merry-go-round? Is that what it is? I guess so. Everybody at the table is sitting there saying, this is fixable. This is fixable. This can be mended. She just said she hates you. She called you a liar. She said she hates you. I don't, I, I don't think it's mendable. Okay. And I feel like if it's at that point, it, at least in the moment, go your separate ways. Taylor, stop 
trying over and over and over and over again because it's not getting you anywhere with her approach because Taylor can't she's really struggling to change her approach. She wants to downplay it. And no matter how much she downplays it, it's not something that can be downplayed to Olivia. So like I said, they're on that merry-go-round of doom that is just destined to burst into flames at any point in time. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Isn't Austin tired of being in these love triangles? I don't get it. I don't get it. And then he just sits there and he like fluffs his hair back. and he fluff, fluff, fluff. That's all he does is sit there and huff and puff. I'm like, shut up, dude. You are the one that got everybody into this situation to begin with, even though he says Olivia or Taylor came on to me or whatever. But Austin does this. He, he makes women feel comfortable enough to do that and know that they're not going to get shot down, whether it was Lindsay, whether it was Sierra, whether it was Olivia, and now Taylor. We all the time see the fallout between the women, but we don't really get to see the full extent of the manipulation by Austin, in my personal opinion. But I think where Taylor really loses it is when she brings up Olivia's brother. I think we all had the same stomach drop moment, deer in the headlights moment. And like I said, at that point, walk away, accept that it's done and just move on. You know, it's not about the one time lie. And it wasn't her lying one time. It was months of maintaining the lie over one situation. But that one situation led to multiple lies, which is what I think is not computing um, with Taylor. You know, her offense just is too, or her approach is just too defensive. And like, let this be a learning lesson. If you mess up, you got to come with humility. You got to come with empathy. You got to come with understanding. And Taylor just doesn't have any of that. JT, JT reads Austin like a book. And I'm here for it. He's just sitting. He's like leaning back with one one arm up. Also perfectly quaffed hair, you know, like perfectly quaffed to the side, combed over. And he's like, be a man, dude. Stand up, Austin. You're just going to sit here and let two girls fight over you. You say nothing. Stand up. Be a man. Stand up, Austin. You little, you know. <laughs> And it's like, for however annoying JT is when he's sitting there pining over Taylor, wow, you should see my hair right now. It's still half quaffed. Um, for however annoying JT is when he's constantly pining over Taylor, 
I love that he gives it to Austin and he's not afraid to do so. He's not afraid to go toe to toe. I feel like sometimes newbies try to test the water. They don't necessarily know if they can do it and he just does it and he doesn't care. But the tension is building, you know, we, between JT and Austin specifically, we saw in the trailer that they almost get into a physical altercation at some point. There's like a little chest pump. You're like, come on, bro. So I think that fight is coming. I actually think the root of the love square, love triangle, I guess, between Taylor, Austin, and Olivia is really because of Shep. Now, I'm not excusing Taylor's behavior, but she just seems totally lost after her breakup with Shep. All of the lies and all of the cheating that he did to her. And you know the saying, hurt people hurt people. So I think Taylor is just stuck in this mindset of how do I hurt Shep as much as Shep hurt me? She's going to do weird things like send weird text messages to Whitney or to Austin or try to kiss Austin. And you know, like I said, Austin has a way of making these women feel comfortable around him to do so. And because Taylor was so focused on sticking it to Shep, of getting underneath his skin. She didn't think about the consequences that it would have on her relationship with Olivia. Taylor essentially self-sabotaged her friendship with Olivia to get back at Shep is how I read the situation. And if I were Olivia, I would feel the exact same way. I would be like, you didn't care enough to think five seconds about me when you were sending these text messages to Austin, when you were trying to kiss him in the kitchen. And now all of a sudden, because you're crying in front of people and a camera crew, you want me to forgive like that? It's not happening. You know, trust takes time to rebuild. Taylor wants it to happen overnight. And I think if it was just one isolated incident, they would potentially be able to move on. But the fact that Taylor is continuing to use Austin or try to use Austin as a weapon against Shep, no matter how Olivia feels about it, is essentially the downfall of what she's doing to her friendship with Olivia. So that's how I read the situation. You know, I give it to Olivia. She's going through a lot. I feel like she does not care really about any of this stuff because she just dealt with a significant loss in her life. So I'm just like, how is she even there dealing with all this nonsense with Austin Kroll? Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. We ride for Olivia. Okay. Last but certainly not least, let's talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Specifically, this clip I saw about Dorit. Now, if you watch the episode this week, you know, there's a scene with Dorit and Kyle in a car and Dorit is saying that she feels replaced by Kyle's relationship with Morgan Wade or friendship with Morgan Wade. Wait, I'm loving Dorit this season. I'm a Dorito. I don't care to admit it. I love the brown hair. I think she's stunning. I think she's flawless. Her confessionals are great. I like that she's like poking and prodding at Kyle. You know, she's in the car with Kyle saying, I don't know what's going on with you. You're in all these movies. I have no idea. And Kyle's like, I don't tell anybody except for Morgan. And Dorit's like, yeah, I'm not invited on any of your trips. Do I have to tattoo your name on my forehead to get you to be my friend again? And Kyle admits it. She's like, yeah, I distanced myself from Dorit because she felt hurt about how Dorit acted at last year's reunion, you know, when it came to Kathy. Dorit's like, you're morphing into Morgan Wade, you know, like 
Jerry is reading Kyle like a book. Much of who Kyle has become is who Morgan is and she feels replaced. And it's like one thing I think the situation with Kathy has, has trickled down into a lot of Kyle's relationships. Like she kind of alluded to the fact that Mauricio wasn't there for her during that time. You know, now she's saying Dury, Erica and Rena, definitely we're going to get into that. But like one great thing that came out of the Kathy debacle is the the disintegration of the Fox Force Five. They're no longer. It's history. If you don't remember, it was Kyle, Teddy, Erica, Lisa, and Jerry. And they had this like unwritten pact, like the little sisterhood of the traveling pants, Real Housewives edition, where they would protect each other no matter what. They wouldn't question each other. They would always have each other's backs. But it seems like it's completely dismantled now. Um, and most of it came through the Kathy situation, especially when you look at Erica and Rena. I mean, they were public enemy number one against Kathy. And now Kyle is admitting that, you know, Dorit saying what she said at the reunion also caused her to like put her at arm's length. As Teddy Mellencamp would say, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It seems to me like Kyle has these like cling on type of friendships. You know, she had one with Lisa Vanderpump. She had one with Teddy. She had one with Dorit. And now she has one with Morgan Wade. It seems like Kyle is disappointed in everyone around her. Kathy, Mauricio, you know, whoever else, Dorit, Erica, Rena. I honestly don't know what to make of it because I do like Kyle and I find myself wanting to take her side. But when you're in the boat all alone and everyone around you failed you. It's like, is your perception reality? I don't know. And I don't think Dorit was even taking Kathy's side. I think she was trying to help mediate the situation, which I think is a quality of a good friend, not of a friend that's trying to, to pit you against your sister. So I don't know. There will be more thoughts on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on the Patreon on Friday, specifically more about Sutton. I'm starting to turn on her, you guys. I am, so you're not going to want to miss that. Today's podcast sponsor is OneSkin. And if you have sensitive skin, listen up. We got to talk about their scientifically proven topical supplements. Free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red and itchy and irritated, all the stuff we hate, their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Not only that, they're the first and only skin longevity company to target cellular senescence, a key hallmark of aging. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Say no more. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask where you heard about them. Please support the show. Support your girl. Tell them I sent you because we give credit where credit is due here at MPT. Okay, let's 
get to our deep dive of the week that I didn't know I was going to do until like 12 hours ago, but I'm so excited because the Winter House reunion and the finale really popped off. And Malia White was at the center of a lot of drama when it comes to Sam and Corey and their relationship and their lack of relationship at the time. So Malia wants to get her side of the story out there. So MPT fam, welcome Malia White. Malia, where in the world are you at this current moment? I'm in Guadalupe. I'm actually currently underway for Antigua. What does that, what does underway mean? Sorry. The boat's moving. We're okay. okay. Well, yeah, that worry, I'm not driving. I'm just in my <laughs> office. <laughs> okay. Well, how are you? I, I have to imagine that it's hard to compartmentalize. You know, you're on this yacht. You're supposed to be working. You know, the Winter House finale and reunion comes out and it was a doozy. I mean, are you able to sit there and work and not think about it until, you know, moments like now? Or were you thinking about this pretty much all day? Oh, no, 100%. I can compartment. I I don't think about that stuff. Like, Like the reunion came out. That stuff doesn't really bother me. So... I'm at work, my head's at work and yeah. That's good though. You have yeah. a, a safe and easy escape from it all. Yeah. And like, I only focus on things that actually matter and all that drama is not like, to me, it's not anything that matters. It's just noise. So <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling after that reunion? Um, I didn't love it to be honest. And it was, it was just a bummer because I had such a good time on winter house. Like I loved everyone that we filmed with. We had such a good crew. And then this was just kind of like a negative end to it. And it wasn't really needed. You know, I feel like it's a bit unnecessary and a bit like we got caught up in like someone else's drama and I, yeah, didn't love it. I wish it would have ended on a high note. Like the whole season was because we had so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. And even like the finale, of course, you know, we started with that bit of an intense conversation between you and Sam, but I feel like you guys walked away from that conversation in a good headspace. You know, there was no more drama between the two of you for the rest of the episode. And then the reunion comes and it's like, what, what happened? I honestly can't tell you. I was shocked. I've heard. Yeah. I think Sam came in real hot because you know, I just don't think she is in a good place with Corey. Like, I just don't think she gets the security that she wants from him. And then I wasn't sitting in the rooms. So I think I was like the easiest target, you know, and then she just came at me and I was like, I, I honestly was very surprised and kind of taken back, but. It is was it is. harder for you to feel like you could defend yourself because you weren't physically there? Yeah, I was on Zoom. So I was getting like bits and pieces, you know, like when you're on a Zoom call and I'm like, yeah, I was literally coming sitting, in and out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like literally sitting on a tender in, I was in Martinique at the time, just like so hot, getting like bits and pieces. And I was like, what are you really coming at me right now? Like, okay. <laughs> and I was trying to like interject where I could, but I just couldn't. And I was like, all right. Whatever. So do you think that? <laughs> Do you think this was triggered by her just watching the episodes back and it maybe stirred up all these emotions or did something happen that we didn't see like when filming ended to the reunion or where, where did this come from? You think? I think it's coming from, I think it's coming from her watching it back and which I, I understand, like I get it, you know, especially with editing, 
and she doesn't know me and Corey hasn't told her everything, you know, like, like he hasn't like, I don't know. I don't know what goes on between those two, but like, no, nothing happened. Nothing has ever happened between Corey and I like at all, (laughs) which is why it's upsetting. And I think one thing I found maybe one of the most like head scratching moments for me is that both Sam and Corey at the reunion were very convinced that you were a way more into Corey than you wanted to portray and that B Corey, Corey was like, I know you would have hooked up with me if I would have given you the green light. And that felt really arrogant of, of yeah, him 100%. to say. And I, I was just wondering your reaction to him saying that. For Corey to say like, I know you would have had sex with me. It's like, we yeah, at one super arrogant and two, like, I would never have had sex with him at like Winter House, you know, like to me meeting Corey, he's amazing. He's a great guy, but he's just not my type. And I knew that. And Katie knew that like both of us are like, what the fuck? Like, where did this come from? And it's funny because, you know, Sam was like, oh, this whole time you're saying you want to be on Corey's dick. But I actually said in the very beginning, I was the one that said, you know, Corey looks like a Boy. And Katie was like, yeah, he looks like he could do a lot. Like, you know, everybody was making comments, but she just chose mine. Yeah. I and I mean, that was like the first, that was like the first episode. So everybody was like sizing each everybody. other up and yeah. it was part of it. That's part of the game when it comes to winter house, especially I feel like with this cast, they very mm-hmm. intentionally made sure that it was a lot of single and hot people and maybe people that have never been around each other before. So it's like, especially when, like you guys said the whole time, Corey didn't come in and really give any definitive answers when it came to him and Sam. So that's a very natural thing, I think, for single people to do. Yeah. And then like, and that's fine. And, and it was fine. And like, you know, when we say Katie and I didn't know who Sam was, we don't watch Summer House. We weren't, we didn't know, you know, Sam got upset about the whole spitting in the mouth thing, which like, I understand, but like, I didn't know, like nobody knew. And yeah. I, I don't know. So it honestly came as a surprise. And then the whole reunion, like finally them defining their relationship. Like, I feel like even still at the reunion, it was hard for him to say like they're in a relationship. Like literally the saddest part about the reunion. And I didn't even catch this until I watched it back is Sam says, I'm in love with a guy who doesn't love me back. And it's like, well, dude, that's the problem right there. And it's not another woman. It's not the women in the house. It's not anything. It's it's your and Corey's relationship. It, that's it. And also, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about, about them both being pretty convinced that, you know, you wanted to hook up with him. He said, if I would have given you the green light. Well, he certainly didn't give you the red light. You know, he wasn't like, yeah. don't talk to me. Don't hug me. Don't do anything. So in you, even then with him not saying those things to you, I didn't see you trying to come on to him in any way. So I'm just, I am really confused at where they came to that conclusion. And the best part is everyone else in the house, even Danielle said, I didn't see it. Amanda said she didn't see it. Corey, um, Katie said she didn't see it. Casey, like everybody else is like, we don't see it. So I'm like, so the only people that have seen this are Corey and Sam, which is interesting. I don't know. I think it's just their relationship isn't wasn't defined sam was insecure about it and then came into the house 
real hot. I came off like a dick because I was like, I wouldn't be in a situation. But my whole point was, I'm 33 years old. If I was dating a guy for eight months, I would make him shoot. Like, I'm not an option. I'm, yeah. I'm someone's choice. You yeah. know, like, I'm not going to let a guy choose to put me in a situation for eight months if I'm head over heels for him. And that was my advice to Sam is you need to hold Corey accountable. It's mm-hmm. not us. You need to yeah. get your man straight. He needs to make a choice. Does he want to be with a girl like you and have you like Sam's beautiful and she's going places and yet she's allowing him to like string her along. That's all I was saying. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, good for you. I know that had to be hard in the moment because it's like, you don't really know this person. You know, she mm-hmm. obviously has these feelings towards you, but you still were you know, bold enough to say that. And it's true. And and I would call it tough love. It's not really tough love because you don't know her, but it still yeah. is like, you know, let's look at the situation for what it is for black and white. And I mean, it forced her to go in and have that hard conversation. Yeah. yeah. And then come to a resolution, but even the resolution didn't, didn't feel I mean, of course, it's a, it was no. a good re- resolution for her, but it still didn't feel the way that it should have, I think. No, you want a guy that you've been with for eight months to be like head over heels for you. He He's proud to be like, that's my girl. That's my girlfriend. You know, you want him to be proud. Like, yeah. that's my girlfriend. And a woman like Sam should have that. And I don't know. Like, I don't know what goes on between the two of them. But to me, and I think to a lot of the viewers, that's what we're sensing is like, dude, the problem's not in the house. The problem is between the two of you. Let's talk about the two specific incidents that, you know, they were really (laughs) honing in on the the one being the tackle, you know, she found it disrespectful. Looking back at it now, do you think that it was disrespectful? I, I said this to Sam, I do get where she's coming from. I completely understand, but I think what you guys don't see is the whole day, like everyone Everyone was roughhousing. Everyone, we were that the whole vibe in the house was like one big family. Like we were having so much fun. Not even just that day. Like there's a day where Katie like rips Corey's shirt. She's like hanging off of Corey. You know, we're we were doing the same thing to Kyle, to Benny, to, to everyone. But I think obviously because there was this sense of like me and Corey, they played up all the incidents between Corey and I. So. I do get where Sam's coming from. And I said to her, I'm sorry. Like, I understand you walked into a house. I tackled your situation ship and that's not cool. But like, I wish she would have just come to me and be like, Malia, what's going on? And we could have had a chat. Yeah. Like we could have just had a girl to girl chat and I would have told her the same thing. Like, Hey dude, if you really like this guy, he's not claiming that he's yours. Like, let's settle this. But like, I don't know. She went and got like nasty with the girls, which is what I didn't like. I was like, dude, you've just gotten into the house. You have no clue what's going on. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. But the yeah. blind item also really played a big 
a big part in that. I think it was on Bravo and cocktails or whatever about, you know, you and, and Corey vibing, I think was, yes. was the way that they put it. Um, it's interesting because it's like, who would know that information? It would be one of your other castmates or it'd be a member of production. Do you have any, was that a discussion? Like who sent this in and why would you do that? We don't know who sent it in, but <laughs> I don't, like thinking about it, I'm like, you know, they know Sam's going to get that information and Sam came into the house hot, you know, like she yeah. read that blind and she was upset by it. And, but, you know, and to be like full transparency, like everyone's friendship was like this. There was such a vibe in the house. Everybody was like it. So like, it wasn't just Corey and I, Corey and I did hit it off as friends, but like everybody did. Corey and Katie. Yeah. Katie and Kyle, Kyle and me, Amanda and Katie, like everybody was having such good vibes, you know? And did Corey ever say anything to you about like the tackle being disrespectful? No. See, I think that is the point that as, as a, well, I'm a wife now, but if I was a girlfriend at the time, I would be like, okay, well, I find this disrespectful, but did my boyfriend also say, hey, don't do that. Like Sam's right here. Uh -huh. And if he didn't do that, then, then why are you placing 100% of the blame on you as opposed to, and I think it was a lot of that, you know, especially in the, in the reunion, it was a lot of blaming the women and not really, the women. Yeah. And not yeah. really holding Corey to the same standard. And I don't know if that was because, you know, like she did get very emotional and I do feel for her. Sam is a sweet girl. Like mm. you said, she, she has the world going for her. She's beautiful. She's funny. Yeah. She's got a really bright personality. Um, I'm just, I guess I'm wondering if it came out more against you guys because she doesn't have the opportunity to talk to you guys every day. Whereas it seems like her and Corey have been going through this for quite some time. Um, but like I said, if it was disrespectful, Corey should be the first person to nip it in the bud. And if you're saying that that was the camaraderie of the house, it would make sense why he didn't. Yeah. Like I think, yeah, that's the conversation she should have like had to say, Hey, like, Hey babe, like you tackling, like what's going on with you, Emily, like whatever. And maybe they did have that and we don't know, but yeah, I also feel for Sam. Like that was, and I don't think it gets portrayed as well, but that's what I was trying to say to her is like, and that, you know, she ends up in tears and she confronts Corey and I'm like, it took a really shitty thing for the best outcome to happen. Like you finally confronted him and held him accountable and said, do you want to be with me or do you not? And he said, yes, like I want to be in a relationship with you. So like I feel for her because she shouldn't have, and that sucks to have to do that on TV and like all oh, your business is, you know, trust me, I've gone through heartbreak on below deck a few mm -hmm. times and all your business gets aired and everyone has an opinion. So I know exactly what Sam's going through right now and it's not cool. <laughs> What about Spitgate? Spitgate one and Spitgate two, I guess we yeah, should say. Um, I will say just from watching it, first of all, I did not know that spitting in someone's mouth was like meant to be this sentimental thing. Like when I watched it, even the first time I was like, it it's is disgusting. a bit of, it's a roughhousing thing. Now, yeah. when you do the flashback and you see Sam do it, it was like a sensual thing, but th yeah. the two were not completely the same. different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The two were not the same. Completely different. Yeah. I agree. And, and like, let me just be clear. Katie and I hadn't watched Summer House, so we did not know that 
spitting in your mouth was like a thing. So when Sam's like, try harder to be me, I was like, I have no clue what you're talking about. Cause like, I don't watch Summer House. I didn't know who Sam was until she literally showed up in the house. But yeah, the spitting thing, he tipped the tequila and it went like a whole bunch, you know, when someone like holds the bottle mm -hmm. and it, a whole bunch of tequila in my mouth. So I spit it at him. That's what that was. That's it. Yeah. Both times. Like that's all it was. And it was not sexual. It was not sensual. It was not, no flirtation about it. It happened to other people in the house. Like it, again, it's one of those things that it happened between multiple people, but because it was between Corey and I, it was like a, so why do you think if it was really similar to what we saw in the kitchen, why do you think Jordan made it a point to to make it seem like it was something totally different and or maybe a little bit more salacious? Jordan messaged me afterwards and she's like, I think I messed up because she didn't mean for it to come off that way. All she was she was trying to back up her reaction at the time because we see Jordan's reaction and it's quite intense. And when people see the scene in the kitchen, they're like, why is it so intense? You know what I mean? So she was yeah. trying to say, look, it was a different setting that it happened, like a more intimate setting. Cause we were all in the bathroom mm -hmm. and it wasn't on camera. And she, yeah, she was just trying to say like, it wasn't that stupid thing in the kitchen that upset her that much. But even Jordan has come out and said, like, it's not about Corey. It was never about Corey. It was about Jordan and I, because I we've become like really good friends. And at the time, it seemed like I was setting her up with Corey. And then she thought I was like trying to get with him, like trying to kiss him in that situation. And that just wasn't the case. Are you and Jordan still really close? Yeah, definitely. How did yeah. she feel? That, about and that's what I mean, is like so yeah. many of us became good friends and like, I love everyone in the house. You know, I, I, it, and I even like, I don't have any feelings like negative feelings towards Sam. Even like, I understand what she's going through. Just didn't love the reunion. <laughs> yeah. Did any of your other castmates re reach out to you after the reunion, especially because you weren't there to kind of check in and, and see how you were doing? Yeah, they all did. They were, they all feel the same. Like it was just misplaced anger. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think even Amanda said something and I can't, I can't specifically remember what it was. It was Sam said something like, um, you disrespected me X, Y, Z. And then Amanda says, no, Corey disrespected you, you know, X, Y, Z. And yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's just a, a Sam defense mechanism, or like I said, if she's just really been going through it with Corey for so long that this was her opportunity to, get out that frustration on you and Jordan. Have you guys talked since the reunion or was that it? Who's Sam and I? Yeah. No, I haven't spoken to Sam. Honestly, I want nothing to do with Sam and Corey. I want them to like figure their stuff out. I don't want to be caught up in this. Like I'm not, I'm clearly not interested in Corey. I'm not like to the point where goodbye. If I can't even be friends with him anymore, then that's what it takes. Like goodbye. Good luck. Like, did you guys see each other at BravoCon? Was it this awkward at yeah, BravoCon? No. Sam and I talked at BravoCon. We hung out. Sam and I have messaged before the reunion. Like, honestly, when I say I was caught off guard, I was like, I kind of felt a little, I don't know, like a little, like she did it. I don't know. She needed to place blame somewhere or she wanted to make a scene and didn't want to point it Corey's way, you know?
Yeah. And I mean, you, you hate to go down this rabbit hole because it does sound mean. And I, I don't mean it like this, but part of me also has to wonder about them not being asked back to Summer House, if that has mm. anything to do with the way that they were acting. I feel like Sam is genuine in her responses. So I don't want to assume that she's just like trying to make good TV because I feel like you could really tell that she was upset. Um, mm. But I also think that it would be naive to think that that didn't play a little bit of a, a factor in how things went down. I don't know. If you were to do another Winter House season and they were invited, would you go? Oof. I don't know. I mean, how much would they pay? Yeah. <laughs> on the I mean, it would depend who else is there because honestly, I had so much fun with everyone else that I think it'd be fine. But yeah. Do I think Corey and Sam are going to be together by the next winter? I was, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see. And yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. They didn't get asked back to Summer House. They're in this relationship. It seemed a very attention seeking. I don't know. Who knows? But I do know that Sam's genuinely upset and that sucks. Well, I mean, I guess all we can do is, is hope for the best for them. I do want to say that I thought you handled yourself very well. Um, I did see, I did see you try to be there for her, you know, and for somebody that you don't really know. And for somebody who's accusing you of things that aren't very nice for you to still be like, look, this is what you need to do to get yourself in a better situation with him so that we can all be clear. Um, I, I think it was a commendable thing to do, Malia. Thank you. I mean, I'm trying, I have no beef with Sam and I'm, you know, I'm much older than her. I have no, like, I'm not trying to be Sam. I'm not trying to be on Summer House. I don't give a <laughs> so I'm just like, look, dude, I'm super secure in who I am and what I do. And all, I had so much fun with Winter House, but I don't, this noise is not of importance to me, you know? Yeah. I will say watching Katie have my back at the reunion. I was like, that's my that's a good like, friend. Those, yes. those, those yes. are the people that you care about, you know? And then like Amanda, everyone kind of like piped in and I was like, yeah, like we've made some really good friends and yeah. No, uh, honestly, yeah, I still had a great time. The reunion is nonsense, but yeah. At least you weren't there in person. You could literally just like sign off, shut the laptop, <laughs> go out in the sun, get on a jet yeah. ski. <laughs> no, literally right after we got done, I closed the laptop and I had to take the boat off the dock, go meet my boat at anchor. And I was like, switch, done, off, <laughs> yeah, it. Like, I'm over it. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I, I, like I said, I've no, I've like no hard feelings that I'm trying to, I was honestly trying to lead Sam in the right direction, but I did it in kind of a stern way because I didn't like that she was attacking my character when she yeah. doesn't even know me. Yeah. And like the tackle, I get it was offensive, but like there's other ways to handle that. And yeah. I and I think too, yeah. I mean, intent is everything. And I feel like as a viewer, I could tell your intent. Um, I don't know if it was maybe Corey and Sam didn't didn't want to, I don't know, I guess admit that they knew what your intent was and that it wasn't this sexual thing, that it was just what you guys did, but maybe they just didn't, for whatever reason, didn't want to admit that to themselves. But I think all in all, 
other than that, it was a really fun and positive season. And I think you can walk away from it knowing that, you know, it's not like you were a a home wrecker to anybody, you know, or any relationship. And like you said, you came out of there with a lot of good friendships. So overall, I think, you know, it was a positive experience for you. I mean, I don't want to speak. And I'm, I'm actually happily not single anymore. What? (laughs) What? Yeah, soft launch. Um, <laughs> Are we allowed to know details? Like, I need to know details. No, no. Okay, we're keeping them quiet. Obviously. We're keeping them very quiet, but obviously, he is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, girl. So this should not even be on your radar right oh, now. Oh, it's not at all. Like <laughs> at, at all. And I'm not his situation ship. I'm his number one. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Well, before we go, I want to make sure that everybody can um, subscribe to your podcast. I know you have two different ones. So if you could tell my listeners where they can find you. Yeah, you guys can find us anywhere you find your podcasts. Um, Apple, especially. We have Total Ship Show and 30 Flirty and Flying. And Katie and I will also be discussing some of our reunion uh, love and hates. (laughs) Well, thanks, Malia. I know you're busy, but... Hopefully we can put this behind you. (laughs) Yeah, it's done. It's over. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys again for hanging out. Another episode of MPT. (gasps) The last one of the year. Hold on. I didn't know that. It's true. Because we're taking next week off. Honestly, there's just been not enough happening for me to do a whole nother podcast episode and listening habits are off. I know that I want you to spend time with your family. Um, Patreon, I think is still going to be up and running uh, bachelor content Monday, extra pop on Friday. So if you need your pop culture fix, make sure you're subscribed to the Patreon. Uh, if you haven't left me a review this year, now would be the perfect time to do so. A little boop, boop, five-star rating, a little love you like a sis, and hopefully we bring that energy into 2024. Because I do. I love you like a sis. Have a great holiday week. I'll see you next year. A Media Production.